Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Good morning to all of you. It is great having all of you today uh, on this uh, Sunday morning. I know we kind of call it like 4th of July weekend, although it's not really, I guess today's weekend, but the 4th obviously is this coming Tuesday. And trust that you have a wonderful, uh, wonderful time and in, in heading to the cabin, to the lake, cooking out or whatever it is that you do. It's got lots, lots of fun. We live in a great country, don't we? Wow, and I know it's so easy, so easy for us to take it for granted, and certainly I, I don't want to do that. So anyway, welcome, welcome to everybody in Crookston today. So glad to have you guys. We love you and just our, our, our family that's expanded into Minnesota to Crookston and then all of our online congregation. We're going through the middle of a sermon series entitled Battle Ready. Uh, been going through that for some weeks now. This is now the fourth sermon, and we're going to keep going through it, obviously. And so Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. I'm going to just read the text that we're going from today. Ephesians 6, 10. Uh, Paul said to the church in Ephesus, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness that exist in heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, girding, having girded your loins with truth. We talked about that last week. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition and for all the saints. Last week, as we talked about from verse 14, as I just mentioned, we talked about the belt of truth. Today, we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. Again, remember, this is the armor of God. And so in the armor of God, one of the things he's given to us is this breastplate of righteousness. What, what does that mean? What is he referring to? What's the significance of that? What's, what's, what, uh, you know, again, what, what is that a reference to? Uh, the closest thing I have is this, to a, a, a breastplate, okay? And... Uh, Ta-da! All right? You're laughing like, what in the world is that? Well, I used to do a lot of motocrossing and uh, dirt biking. And so if you're a motocrosser or, uh, you know, you race motorcycles on the dirt or just have fun. I never did it competitively, but this is called a chest protector, all right? See if it still fits. You, you put this thing on and become Bible man, Okay. <laughs> The Terminator. No, it's just okay. <laughs> where'd that come from? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but 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 this thing, if I can get it on here, it's been a long time, I guess. But but this thing is called a chest protector. Okay, a chest protector, and motocross motocross riders wear a chest protector for a couple different reasons. First of all, if you go down, there's the handlebars and all the things, and if you go down, like you got protection. But but. I never, you know, when I was riding, there was, there was a ride night uh, north of town, and, and one night they would get like 20 of those diesel-generated light pods, and they would bring it in, and, and so I said, Mary, why don't you come and watch us? And so she came out to watch me ride my dirt bike, and, and with all the other guys, and afterwards I pulled up to her and I said, honey, what do you think? 
And she said, honey, do you think there's any way you could ride faster than you are? <laughs> so I was never known for my speed, okay? I was never known for speed. Uh, but I was known for like having a lot of fun. But the reason, another reason for chest protectors is because those dirt bikes, they're really powerful. And so if you've ridden before and, and, and you're like the guys in front of you, when they twist on that throttle and there's that great big knobby tire, it's called a rooster, like a rooster tail, and they're shooting gravel and they're shooting dirt clumps and they're shooting mud back you. And, and, and like when you're there and you're behind all that, you're like, you know, you're getting nailed. And so that's another reason. That's exactly the truth. That's why they wear them so that you're not like just nailed with, with all those things. I got to get this thing off here. But, but it feels really awkward to me. Uh, and so, so in that, that's, this is a chest protector, okay? Uh, it's, again, it's the closest thing I have to a breastplate of righteousness, okay? Not, not exactly that. But as well, I was thinking about protective vests are an important part of military members' uh, protection, right? Or those people that are law enforcement members wearing those, those, those bulletproof vests, man, they're standard issue. I mean, that, like, the, like, didn't used to be, but that's how it is now. And in the same way, when Paul says, and put on the breastplate of righteousness, it's like, because this is for your protection, because we are all in a spiritual battle, and if you're going to survive the spiritual battle, you have to have the chestplate, or the breastplate, the chest protector, because it protects our vital, our vital organs, our heart, our lungs, our liver, and all those, those vital things. The breastplate of righteousness the word righteousness, that's a really a great big, you know, theological sounding word. Like, what does that mean? It sounds really holy and just awesome, but like, what does it mean? Let's just break it down. Righteousness is this. It's to be right in God's eyes. Righteousness. Righteousness just means this, simply, to be right in God's eyes. It means that you are in a right relationship with God. That, 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 that between you and God, in your position, between you, between God and yourself, that you're in, your, in a right standing before him, to be in a right relationship. We could think about it in terms of a judge. As I said, I kind of grew up on motorcycles. My first, I bought, Mary and I were reflecting on this as we were driving the other day. My first one was when I was in fifth grade, got my first motorcycle, uh, and then just get, got rid of one just a, a, a few years ago. But in Arizona at the time, uh, I had a, 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 a Honda 750. I tricked it out a little bit, and I love that motorcycle, and unfortunately, I love going too fast. And at the time in Arizona, if you got a speeding ticket as a juvenile, you had to, you had to no question, you had to appear before the judge. And so as, as a result, teenagers, don't, 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 don't look to your dad and say, but the pastor did it, I can do it, okay? Don't, don't use this as, as reason to do this, okay? But I have appeared before the judge more times than I would ever like to have admitted, okay? And when you stand before a judge, he looks at you, you share your story, and he says, you are either innocent or you're guilty, okay? That's what it's like when you stand before the judge. Uh, and I know we don't really use the word righteous or righteousness in terms to the legal process, in, in terms to like a judge, but if we were, if we were to use the word righteous or righteousness in, in, in legal terms in relation to a judge, it would be that we are standing before the judge in innocence. That we are standing before the judge in righteousness or in a right standing. It would mean that we have conducted ourselves in a manner that we can stand before the judge without any fear of punishment because of our innocence. 
Romans talks a little bit about that, not before a judge, but, but like law enforcement officers. He says, if you've, done, if you've not done anything wrong, there's no reason to be afraid of, of, of law enforcement officers. But if you have, there's a lot of reason to be afraid, right? James 4.12 says, there is only one lawgiver and judge. That is the one who is able to save and to destroy. James 4.12. It's a reference to God the Father. It says that God is, is this. He's the lawgiver, but he's also the judge of the law. As the lawgiver, break it down a little bit, as the lawgiver, he's the one that gives laws. He's the one that established spiritual laws. He's the one that's established moral laws. He says, here's, here's the laws. He was the lawgiver, capital L, lawgiver. He gives spiritual laws, moral laws. Okay. As a judge, he judges according to how we or individuals keep those laws. He says, oh, you broke it here. Uh, you did okay here. You, he says, he's a lawgiver, but he's also the judge declaring like you're innocent or you're guilty of breaking those spiritual, those moral laws. And I think it's important to understand this. We don't talk a lot about this. We're really good about talking about the love of God. And God is love, and I'm telling you, I love it. And I'll always preach it. God is love. But we don't often talk about the justice side of God, that God is also a just God. You can walk out of this building, where, go, like wherever you may walk today, wherever you may go this week, talk to people that are not, that are not of the faith, and they'll tell you, well, but hold it, God's a God of love, though, because that's something that everybody knows. And we all hold to that. But God is also a God of justice, which means that he's the lawgiver. He's also the judge. But then, because of that, he's also established punishment for those that break the law. There are consequences when we break God's spiritual laws. And those, that's things we don't really talk about a lot. Ima imagine a nation. Imagine a nation where there are no laws. You can do whatever you want. I mean, imagine the anarchy that would rule in that nation where there are no laws. I mean, I don't want to live in that country. Imagine a nation where there are laws, but there are no consequences to breaking those laws. I don't want to live. There's going to be, there's a lot of disorder. There's going to be a lot of chaos. There's going to be a lot of, it's going to be filled with anarchy, okay? Because we're free. People are free to do whatever they want. There's no consequences, and so actually, you know, Paul talks about this. Actually, the laws that God gives is for our protection. And, and in it, because of those consequences, it's because, because it's loving. A loving parent is one that says, here's the rule, but if you break the rule, here's the consequences. It's up to you. There's consequences, and that's something that's actually rooted and based in God's love. It's based in, in, in his love. It's all, it's all a part of, of, of this whole thing that there are consequences. But here's the thing, guys. God's the lawgiver, gives laws. He's judge, he judges, there's consequences. But here's the thing. All of us have sinned and broken God's laws. All of us. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every person that's ever lived has fallen short of God's glory. So don't think like, well, I'm such a, like all, everybody has. You know, every, you know, Billy Graham, Charles Spurgeon, Charles Finn. I mean, we can go through this list of spiritual giants, Mother Therese. I mean, the Bible says that everybody's lived has fallen short of his sin. That's all of us. Romans 3.10 says, there is none righteous. 
To stand before God. What does righteous mean? Standing before God in, in a right standing. The Bible says there's none that, that's like that. There's none righteous, not even one. Because of our, 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 obedience, our disobedience and our sin, uh, none of us stand before him righteous. And the penalty of our sin is death, Romans 6, 23 says. Or in other words, we've broken those laws and, and there's the, it, it, it's complete separation from God. We are all... Every one of us, man, we're all in the same boat. We're all deemed guilty of violating God's laws and the justice of God demands punishment for that and it can be carried out in, in really one of two ways. This is maybe not the good news you're looking for on this July 4th Sunday. Like, this is awesome. I can't wait to go to the buffet now and eat, right? This is gonna be so great. <laughs> this is gonna be so encouraging. But again, we're all deemed all deemed guilty. So charged to our account, guilt. God says, you're guilty. You've broken the laws and the punishment is eternal separation from God. And to be honest, what is hell? Hell is the, the ultimate picture of eternal separation from God where the God's presence is completely non-existent. That's the picture. Hell is the picture of that. Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face. Your, it says that your iniquities, that's a big Old Testament theological word for sin. Your sin has made a separation. Here's God. And because we've sinned, God didn't move, but our sin separated us from God. It's brought separation. And the punishment for that. The punishment for our sin carried out in one of two ways. Number one, it can be levied against the sinner, against me. Because I sinned, God says, okay, man, I love you so much, but I'm also a God of justice. And so because you've broken the law, the punishment of your sin is gonna be death. It's gonna be separation from God and ultimately the fires of hell. And so I don't wanna send you there. That's not what I wanna do. That's not my plan. But because of what you've done, you've broken my laws. And so that's, that's your lot. That's your future. It can be levied against us. Or what God did, which is so amazing, because of his great love, he says, however, I will accept a substitute for you. I will accept a substitute. If there is someone on this earth that is sinless, if there is someone that has not bowed their knee to sin in any way, if that person were to die on the behalf of the sinful lot, I will accept that sacrifice as punishments, I'll put all of my punishment of sin upon that person so that you can be free. And when, when God looked at that, he says, Jesus, man, I got all these people and I love you so much. And so would, I, would you be willing, I'm gonna send you to earth to become the sacrifice. You'll get all of the sin of humanity is gonna come upon your shoulders. You will be the, that, that substitutionary lamb from Old Testament verbiage. You're gonna be that, that, that sacrificial lamb. All of the sin of Nathan and of Mary and of everybody is gonna be put upon you. And because of that, woohoo, I can go free because he took my place. Because he took my place. He took my place. Without Jesus, we've all been given a verdict of condemned and guilty, but through Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven. We have been forgiven. It's like this, okay? Anybody, anybody have a paint shirt at home? <laughs> Mary's like, why did you bring that to church? Okay, this, this, is, this is my favorite paint shirt, okay? 
And so the paint represents like my sin. And it's, I'm not going to put it on because it's just, it's a little tough getting it on, but, 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 because it's not buttoned up. But, but imagine, I mean, like before Jesus, okay, he looks at me and says, Nathan, man, all I see is your sin. And because of that, he has levied against us the, the conviction of condemned and guilty. You've broken the sin. The sin. You've broken the, the spiritual laws. You've broken those things. And we're, 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 convict, we're convicted and guilty. But when a person comes to Jesus Christ, what happens is something incredibly amazing. When a person comes and says, Jesus, I accept the sacrifice that you gave for me on Calvary, what happens is this. I'm kind of already wearing a white shirt. This doesn't work real well, but anyway. <laughs> but what happens is this, that he cloaks us in righteousness. Yes. He cloaks us in righteousness. Guys, listen up. This is what he does. He says, when we come to Jesus Christ, he gets away, throws away the sin and says, enough of that. And he takes the righteous, we just sang it, gone, gone, now my sins are dead and gone through the blood of Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. What happens is he takes this cloak of righteousness, many times he refers to it as the robe of righteousness, and he envelops us in this robe of righteousness, and he takes, he imputes the righteousness of God and the righteousness of Jesus Christ to us. And so when God looks at us, he sees righteousness. He doesn't see the sin, he sees righteousness. And given to our account is this thing of righteousness, that we stand before God in a right relationship. Not because like, I'm so great, because I'm not. I mean, like my, I got a really dirty paint shirt all over me because of how I've lived. But, but God says, no, I'm going to put you in a, a white dress shirt because that's what I've done. And, and when God looks at us, he doesn't see the sin. He sees the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Guys, it's amazing. It, it's amazing what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so today, before we move on into the, like, where, where are we going with all this? What's the purpose? I thought we were talking about the breastplate of righteousness. We are, and we're getting there, okay? But in it, in it, in it, I don't know where you may be today, but, but like, what does God see when he looks at you? If, if when God looks at you, he sees all the stains and all the errors of every time you've painted outside whatever, you know, you've got all the stains of sin. Is that what God sees? Because apart from Jesus Christ, that's what he sees. And as a result, he's given the laws, he's judges. And then as a result, we're, we're guilty of those things. And the punishment is that separation from God. Or when he looks at you, does he see, you know what? I see the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so Freedom Church from the very beginning, if you've attended church here for any time, you know that, that we're all about leading people to Jesus Christ and helping them to understand what Jesus Christ has done for them. And so if you're here today and you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I would say let him cloak you in righteousness. Let him robe you in righteousness. Let him take the righteousness of Christ and impart that, put that onto your account that you are declared righteous. What does that look like? What does that mean? That simply means just coming to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm really sorry. I've made a mess of my life. I have rebelled against you, but God, I am asking you that you would come in. I accept the sacrifice of your son 
Lord, you were, I was the guilty one. You were the perfect one. But Lord, I accept it. And when that happens, he cloaks you, robes you in righteousness. Everybody do a fist pump. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. And so today, before, before we leave, we'll have opportunity to pray a simple prayer from our heart, saying, God, I accept that. And so how does this relate to the battle? How does this relate to the breastplate of righteousness, Pastor Nathan? I mean, you lost me. Here's how it relates. That all of us are in a battle, right? And in this battle, what we need to do, what we need, we need to be close to God. We need to like, God, I want to stay really close to you. What happens is our sin separates us from God. But because of the righteousness of God, it's like this cloak or this breastplate of righteousness enabling us to draw close to the Father because through Jesus Christ and what he's done, in the middle of the battle, you have friends in high, high places. Because you are not alienated from God. The Bible says you are a friend of God, my, my friend. You are a friend of God because he's drawn us to himself today. You've drawn us. So you may be facing some incredible battle today, right now. An incredible, this, this is, I'm just in a little bit of an illustrative mood. Jeff, can you help me today? He's staff, okay. Can you, can you help me stand up here? So let's go. So this is, this is Jeff. Jeff, you guys know him well. We love him. So he's God. Okay, we're going to pretend. Oh. <laughs> so today only. Okay. Today only, Jeff. Okay, today. So. <laughs> okay, so he's God. I'm in the middle of the battle, okay? And I'm fighting, and I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just this, man, I, I feel so much condemnation because, Lord, I just made such a mess of myself. And God, I, I, I look in my past, and I see all this junk of my past, and, like, I want to get close to God, but how do I get close to God? Because I'm thinking, like, like my righteousness is based up to me, and if I'm really holy, if I'm really perfect, then, then, I, can, then I can get really close to God. But because, because I'm not, I mean, Satan always reminds us of our past. He always says, why, this is why you can't get close to God. But I want you to know that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. When God looks at you today, what he sees is the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. He made him, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So that's what it means, this, enough to guilt, away with condemnation. I'm in the middle of the battle, and I'm like, God, I'm going to hold on to you. Woo. I'm going to hold on to God, and I can, because when he looks at me, he doesn't see my sin. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jeff. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sin separates us. The righteousness of God draws us to him. And so in the battle, in the battle, as followers of Jesus Christ, he's provided this breastplate of righteousness. Yes, covering our vitals. No condemnation. No fear. God, no, no guilt. Lord, I'm done with all of those things. There's therefore no not condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Because he looks, he's not looking at our righteousness. He's not looking at our, our perfectness because we've all have failed, but he's looking at the person of Jesus Christ. That's righteousness. And because of that, when we come to God with my, you know, the clover, I, I stand before God 
with the robe of righteousness. I stand before God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so today, that's why he says, I'm gonna give this to you because you as people, as humans, are pretty good at feeling a lot of guilt and condemnation and just feeling all that separation, all the reasons why you can't get close. But you, in the middle of the battle, you can draw close to me because I'm not looking at your righteousness. I'm looking at the righteousness of Christ through Christ Jesus. One last thought, then we're gonna wrap it up today. The laws of this land are put into place to protect us. Speed limits are for our protection and for the protection of others also on the roads. Stop signs and stop lights are for our protection. And we could go on and on. There's a lot of laws and a lot of them, they're, they're given for our protection. In the same way, what God has done, he's given us spiritual laws and moral laws. Why? Not because he's like trying to be a cosmic killjoy, but because he loves you and he wants to protect us. It's because he wants to protect us. That's why. That's, that's, he loves us so much. He made us. He says, here's these laws. However, if we ignore the speeding laws, there's consequences. It's not, it's not that, like, that the policeman doesn't like us or whatever. It's just that's the way it is. Here's the law you broke it. And in the same way, when we break God's laws, it's, it's not about his love. He loves us. As a parent loves their child, whether they're obedient or disobedient, they love them. That's not what it's about. But I want you to know that as a result, though, there are consequences to our disobedience. When we say, God, you're the lawgiver, you're the judge, I know there's consequences, but Lord, I'm trusting only in your grace, and so God, I'm not gonna worry a lot about that. I'll just, I'll just take it, I'm just gonna keep going. And, but I want you to know, I want you to know, well, Paul said it great to Timothy. He said, flee from all these things, 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12, you man of God, and pursue, pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue perseverance and gentleness. And I, I believe what God has called, it's, 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 it's a couple things. It's what God has done through us, that he sees the righteousness. When he looks at us, he sees the righteousness of God, not our own sin enabling us to draw close to him and he to us, and we can be this in close communion. But then also as well, we need to pursue, we need to pursue righteousness. We have to pursue righteousness. Let, 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 let's, let's not, you know, kind of walk the edge and then try to see how close we can get. And then like, let, let's just say, God, I'm going to put my eyes on you. I want to pursue what's right. I want to pursue righteousness. And all the sin, all those things of the past, you know, and all the temptation, Realizing, God, this is, Satan's, uh, this is Satan's attack against me to bring separation. And God, I'm not going to swallow that bait because, Lord, I don't want separation. God, I want to keep walking close to you. I'm going to ask the band if they would come to the front, please. And we're going to just bow our heads here as well as in Crookston today if we can do so. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you so much and so dearly. Lord, there's none like you, none more honorable or righteous. Lord, you are the lawgiver, you are the judge, but you're also, Father, one who's provided, Lord, the sacrifice for our sin. And Father, I thank you today that we are, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, 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 Father.
I want us to do something, if we can, just before we uh, wrap up with one song. If we could just take a moment to bow our heads and just to just a, a, a posture of just of, of quietness and meditation today before the Lord. I just want you to know that today that God loves you so much. He really loves you today. But I, I have to be honest with you. He's also not only a God of love, but he is a God of justice. And there are consequences to our disobedience. And when we, when we choose not to obey God's moral and spiritual laws, And so today, I don't know where you're at, but I know he loves you. And I know what he wants to do is bring you into a relationship with him. And he wants that sin to be removed. He wants to take this huge eraser in your life and erase all the sin of the past so that he can be close to you. But because he's so holy, it's our sin that separates him from us. And the way that we remedy that is through putting our faith in Jesus Christ because of the sacrifice that he has given to us, and that he was for us. And when that happens, as we talked about, we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And this, this breastplate of righteousness, that in the middle of the battle, no condemnation, no fear, because we can be close to Jesus. Thank you, God. If today, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ today, but would you just do this? Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Nathan, that's me, but I want to today. I want to. I want to know Jesus. I want to have that righteousness. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else today? You just say, Pastor Nathan, that, that's me. I don't, I don't really know. What does God see when he looks at you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Does he, does he, see, does he see the sin? Does he see? Like, like, what, what, is, what does he see? When you come to Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've asked him, Lord, forgive me, come into my heart. He cleanses. I think of this, the family, wonderful family in Crookston, speaking to you as well today, to those online sitting at the cabin this weekend. How about you? Where are you at in that relationship with God? I wanna do something today. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. I'm gonna ask us to recite, just, it, it's, it's, there's nothing magical about it. We're gonna say this prayer and pray this prayer. And then, and then we're gonna, it's just a dedication. God, come into my life, God. Let's pray this. Let's say this. Dear Jesus, we'll do this here in Crookston. I come to you today. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I'm a lawbreaker. And I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to live my life for you. From this moment on, the rest of my life, I declare today that there is no condemnation of my past faults and failures because today I have been set free and I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think of the story of the prodigal son. And I think of the father standing at the end of the driveway waiting for his son. And the prodigal son comes back after having lived a very wild life, shared with, you know, just carousing, says it was shared it with prostitutes. I mean, it was, it was a wild life. And when the father sees him a great distance off, what does the father do? He runs. It's the only time in scripture the Bible says that God ran. And God's like, he runs to him, wraps his arms around him, and just blesses him. The moment that we turn to Christ, regardless of where you've been, it's that thing that causes God to run. His grace. Can we take a moment? Can we just take a moment just to, can we, let's stand together here, as well as in Crookston. Can we just take a moment just to soak it up today, just that love today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you, God. We love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.